Mr. Cleavon, week 33, April 17th. How you doing, big fella? Oh, doing fantastic. How about yourself, Big Cam? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, coming off a spectacular day. Um, got a chance to interview a couple guys on Fox Lots. Details will be coming out pretty soon today. It was um, – I'm, I'm still riding high, big guy. I'm still riding high right now. So let's have a good show today. Let's get after it. Number, 30, number 33, what comes to your mind now? Well, I'm going to take it back. You have to be a true football fan to recognize this, number, this guy. But number 33, one of my favorite players, all-time favorite players in the NFL, hometown product, Dr. Dan Dornick is the first guy that comes to my mind when I see number 33. How about you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dan Dornick, the uh, do-everything fullback, before fullbacks really did everything, he was magnificent. And being from the 206, I definitely uh, understand um, that affection and affinity to that number. But it's always going to be, you know, Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, he's just, you know, the best for my money, the best NBA player that's ever played. There's that Laker fan talking out of you. It's not the Laker fan. Let me – may I, may I interject? They can. May I, may I interject yeah, with yeah. two things about Colonel Abdul Jabbar? Please, please do. Thank you. As a freshman, because – Freshman actually couldn't play when he went to UCLA. He beat the team that won the national championship every time in practice, every single time. That is amazing. And what he secondly, and what he say? They, they, although they won a championship, they were the best team in college basketball. They weren't the number one team on, on campus. <laughs> that was they absolutely were not. They absolutely were not. No. Never ever lost to the team that won the national championship. That is astounding. Okay, number two, for my money, the most powerful and unstoppable offensive weapon in the history. Of basketball. I'm not sure it was the most powerful. There's, 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 there simply is no stopping the sky hook in any way, shape, form, or fashion. It wasn't stoppable. I'm not sure how powerful it was, but it wasn't stoppable. I'll give, give you that. So if it's unstoppable, why is it not the most powerful? Because it can't be stopped. Because there was a fella that came a few years later by the name of Shaquille O'Neal. That would be oh, 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 oh. I, 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 get, I, get, I get what you're saying. More agility, more power, more prowess. But really, uh, that, that be, to, be honest, to be honest with yourself, if you had seven seconds left in the game, do you want to throw the ball in Shaquille or throw the ball in the Kareem? That's a different question. No, it's not. Because it's the same question because it's, it's about what is the most unstoppable weapon in the history of the NBA. I don't think it's Shaquille O'Neal. I think it's the sky hook from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're, you're twisting the question. You said, what is the most powerful 
is not the same as the most effective, the un- most unstoppable. Oh. Okay. Because Shaq's power, that Shaq, that eventually that wore down. That wasn't the end of it. That lasted a few years. That unstoppable um, skyhook lasted a couple decades. Um, so that was definitely a more more unstoppable. But yeah, it wasn't the most powerful. So just a, just a mental. Gotcha. I want to challenge okay. you. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Semantics. So then, to, let me correct myself. As far as most powerful, I will give it to Will Distilled. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll continue on with, with with the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll pick that up when Will's name gets called. Um, as for the number seventeen, it being April seventeenth today, the best number. Who wore number seventeen the best? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm. I'm as I'm rocking my brain, I think it's got to be Ryan Tannehill. I mean, someone so versatile <laughs> to be able to play wide receiver in college and then get to the NFL and play quarterback, <laughs> and know. then and then be at the helm underneath the center for four <laughs> years. Ryan Tannehill's a backup quarterback, and, and, and perhaps even get us into a playoff. What? Did they ever get to the playoffs? I'm 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 confused. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> that was a good one. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was better than Dave Craig on his best day, okay? Dave Craig all day. Little hands, most fumbles in the NFL. Dave Craig all day. Also okay. you might you might have forgotten Mr. Doug Williams. Uh, his remarkable comeback in the Super Bowl. First black man black quarterback to Start a Super Bowl and then win a Super Bowl. So congratulations, Doug Williams. And you might remember your line: "Havlicek steals the ball. Havlicek steals the ball." You might remember that line. That was number seventeen. That won that one. I I do, but I, I'm not sure if either one of them, although you know, Doug Williams being you know the person that paved the way for you know black quarterbacks coming through, Donovan Abs, et cetera, Russell Wilson's, et cetera, you know, Ken Newton's, et cetera, Steve Mears, et cetera, Warren Moore's, et cetera. I mean, you know, he he's the guy. He's the pioneer. But, man, that Terry Hill, though, I mean, he could catch. Uh, oh, stop it. Stop it. He could throw. He had mobility. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think I think Ryan Tannehill may have been more, you know, well-rounded when it comes to it. I don't know. You know what? You better cut it out. <laughs> you better cut it out. <laughs> Let's talk about a quarterback that was falsely drafted later in that round, where you, when Ryan Tannehill uh, after Ryan Tannehill later in that draft, I should say after Ryan Tannehill. Got by the name of Russell Wilson. Made we'll demand, talk about him. Made some demands to the Pacific Northwest, and just as we thought, Pacific Northwest acquiesced into his demands and paid the guy. Made the guy a hundred million dollar quarterback. Thirty over uh, what is it? 
$35 million a year, something like that? For yes, the next four years. Yes. 140, 140 for four years. So for the so by the time the kids who are freshmen in high school graduate high school, he's going to be at the table asking for more money. Um, that is correct, yes. That was a pimp move by Russell Wilson and his uh, management uh, and his agents, I should say. That was a pimp move by them. What do you think of Russell now that he's being signed, and I know you want to talk about it, but I'll, I'll say it first. I was wrong. Um, I thought he was, he was going to be on the blocks. I, I didn't know that Seattle was going to pay him. And talk to me about the feeling uh, now that your quarterback has got paid and the direction of Seahawks. Well, up here in the 206, we feel great, as I have been trying to say for several weeks now, I think that um, the media kind of got a hold of a few, uh, you know, little niblets and tidblets of things that just weren't really factual um, and tried to run with it and tried to make more of a story than there really was there. And then, um, you know, the, the great Peter Sims trying to interject with his, oh, my gosh, Russell Wilson wants a percentage of the salary cap for every year that plays. I mean, it was all just nonsense, and I've been saying for weeks. Um, it, it, there was never any question in my mind as to whether or not Russell Wilson would be a Seattle Seahawks quarterback for, you know, for life, really. I, I just don't really see him getting away from the organization, given how much he's contributed, given the fact that this is someone that was drafted in the third round and usurped Matt Flynn, the, the prized uh, free quarterback well, of, uh, yeah, of that particular two. season. Came yeah. in. Came in. Now, now, hear me out now, Cam. Came in from the very beginning. Studied worked hard, went into the fourth preseason game. Matt Flynn said he had a dead arm and feel like playing. All Russell Wilson did is come in and throw three touchdowns. And then Pete Carroll, being the maverick that he was, said, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, he's shown a little bit more in this preseason when, uh, you know, we're competing. Let, let that team start. What's the worst that can happen, right? At, le- at least he's trying. So basically, we continue should, to work hard. Continue to work hard. Continue to show his work ethic, his pride, his confidence in being an elite quarterback. Went to back-to-back Super Bowls, and he's just done everything the organization has ever wanted him to do in every way, shape, form, or fashion. Goes to Children's Hospital every Tuesday. So it sounds like Go to various ministries. Go to various organizations and just breeds positivity. Oh now, everybody on the outside, they all wanted to go to New York. They all wanted to go to other places. Sierra is the new Yoko Ono. Did him and Sierra walk? Did him and Sierra walk across Lake Washington this this weekend? Did they walk, walk across Lake Washington this weekend? Well, you're gushing over these two. Come on, give me a break. 
I'm just saying there was so much negative publicity out there about with regards to what Russell Wilson would do. He was he didn't want to be a Seahawk anymore and he wasn't gonna sign. I mean he had all these, you know, major con, you know concessions that he needed to have. His agent his agent came out and said, you know what? This dude could have did a lot more, but he wanted to be a hawk. They were in conversation. They were in talks with other people. They were in talks with other people. They were talking to other girls, but no, we decided to stay home. But we were talking to other girls. Just want to let you know that. <laughs> that oh, okay. Did, 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 did Peter King tell you that? Peter King doesn't have to tell me. Did, that. Did, 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 did Peter King tell you that? What your what your what your what your story just told me, or what your line just told me is he went the agent's line. He could have went anywhere else. He had many other opportunities to go somewhere else. That's not that's not there. what I said. That's not what I said. What, what, what the agent said is that he really could have pushed the envelope further, but at the end of the day. He respected the organization, and what he really wanted to do was be a hawk for life. Let's move on so to the next question. On his section, he made some concessions to make that a reality. Okay, so let me ask this. Speaking of concessions, who who's the number one wide receiver in Seattle? Speaking of concessions. Speaking of concessions, who's the number one defensive lineman in Seattle? Speaking of concessions, who's the number one – Cornerback in Seattle. Who's the number one safety in Seattle? Speaking of concessions, where, where's this old line coming from? They couldn't rebuild the old line when they had extra money on playing Russell Peanuts. Now they're they're paying him this exorbitant salary. How are they going to rebuild this old line? Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down with the with the with the whole overhaul rebuilding process. As far as the number one receiver, it's still going to be Doug Baldwin. That's the guy. That's the guy that Russ the fans with. That's the guy that has the chance. So this is not the I, I think we're still talking about Frank Clark, right? I mean, you know, they are gonna franchise that guy, so okay. So you're you paying know, who's the best quarterback, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be Shaquille Griffin. I mean he's he he's playing the position that Richard Sherman had previously. With regards to the best safety, I'm going to say it's going to be Bradley McTingle. He's coming back. Had a great season last year. The best old lineman is going to be Ed Lamb. Dwayne Brown is one out of five there, big fella. One out of five. Okay, well, at at any rate, Russell Wilson, as, as, as I've been saying for months, is a Seahawk. It's going to be a Seahawks for the next five years. I know there were some people that were like, questioning whether he had played his last down in Seattle and, and, yeah. and whether New York was a bigger market and whether he wanted to gravitate towards that and whether you know, Sierra was pushing the envelope as far as uh, where Russell should go. But, hey, he's right here in the Emerald City, the 206 for the next five years. Thanks so much. Did, did Russell is Sierra Appreciate it. Did, did Sierra and Russell start a nursing school up there? Is Sierra taking nursing classes? Cause, uh, she's gonna perhaps, have- perhaps. I mean, you know, she's got a lot of time on her hands, and yeah. uh, you know, kicking in financially is is not you know one of her uh, you know criteria at this point. So yeah, she can do whatever she wants. 
whatever she wants. <laughs> the, 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 the contract mandates, you know, the $60 billion guaranteed, yeah, why don't you go hang out? <laughs> Just go saying. Ahead. Go start a TV show, huh? But do, gonna, do do whatever you want to do. Yeah. If you're yeah. going to take nursing classes, because Russell's going to come home with a lot of bumps and bruises uh, the next few seasons during this uh, oh. the contract that he has. Oh, okay. So, to this point, to this point, he hasn't missed a game. So you know, well, yeah, he he needs he's gonna be needing some rub down here pretty soon. So how how do you have these Seahawks finishing this year out? I mean, I just take a glance at the schedule. We know the schedule came out today. How, how do you have the Seahawks finishing off this schedule? If, if you be so kind, you know, Cam, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you and 100 uh, percent objective and transparent. This schedule scares me to death. It's not. It's not fun. Yeah, that's a real. There's a lot. There's a lot of teams out here that really, if they're playing at their ultimate potential, man, it does not look good. It looks seven. Excuse me. It looks nine and seven, eight and eight at first glance. Obviously, as the season unwinds and you see how teams really, you know, play out and injuries play a big part as well. But just on paper, it does not look pleasant at all. I will say, nor did their season last year, and we saw they made the playoffs. This schedule looks like it's a division-winning playoff uh, record here that they gave them. I would see out to seven and nine. I, I can't see them winning nine games, and I, that might have been generous. But when I walked through that schedule, I had seven seven wins, nine losses, um, and you said eight and eight. Ninety-seven at first glance. At first glance, for sure. I mean, there are some tough teams. I mean, there's Pittsburgh on here. There's the Saints on here. The Rams twice. So we got to go to Cleveland. And we got to go to Cleveland. Atlanta. They got Atlanta. To Philadelphia. It's, it's to Carolina. It's rough. Yeah, they got the. They, that's a tough matchup. And what is that? Thanksgiving to December. Whew. They got the Eagles. They go to to the Eagles. They go home for the Vikings. They go to L.A. and then to the Panthers. Oof. Oof. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough schedule right there. And we don't know it's if rough. we don't and if Carolina or not Carolina, if the Cardinals or the Niners step up and be any good, yeah, the Seahawks are in trouble this year. Um, and they're gonna be running around with one quarterback or one player on their team, one playmaker in the squad. Leaning on him a little bit too much. But he earned his money. I can give that. I can say that. I can say that for sure. Hello, fans. Cameron here. I want to talk to you guys about the LA News Observer and their group of newspapers that cover the Southern California market. They have papers in Bakersfield, Los Angeles, in the Valley, San Fernando, and San Gabriel. This paper is filled with talented writers, content that covers everything from sports to politics to current events. The website is www.ognsc.com. That's the LA News Observer. You can find it at www.ognsc.com. Cleveland. 
couple of fun facts about today today's date. Well, the number seventeen, rather, I should say. According to hacker lore, the number seventeen is the least random number when choosing one through twenty. I think that might be has something to do with seven and the thirteen thing. But number seventeen is a pretty odd number for anybody to pick. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree. I feel a little bit off the uh, off the grid <laughs> as far as you know, a random number, but okay. Uh, when you're in France this summer with your wife and you need to get a hold of the football, the police, one time, boys in blue, you got one seven, number 17, as we recognize. You got to get them to you in a, an alert. So we're giving you some worldly so, advice. So, so, so that, that is the equivalent of the 911 here in the, in the States? You, you got it. You got it. 17 over in France. Now, in Italy, the number 17 is is considered unlucky. So you don't want to mention that. Or you don't want to bring that up when you're in Italy. The number 17 in, in France, you need that number. Mm. Good to know. Mr. Cleavon, we are in full swing of NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. Some teams are some division, some games, excuse me, are surprisingly tied up. Toronto and Orlando, the Nets and the Sixers. We saw the Bucks just finish off their uh, their competition earlier today. They're handling their business. What series intrigues you the most thus far? in the NBA playoffs, sir? I think the series that intrigues me the most is the psychosis of the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Clippers. That's wow. number one. Number wow. two is the Portland OKC series. But let me let me backtrack and get back to that Golden State Clippers thing. So, we all knew coming in that there was no way that the Los Angeles Clippers were going to win the series. They don't have enough talent to do so, and we all thought that they were just happy to just be there. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Hey, excuse Clippers, me, excuse me. Uh, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Patrick, I'm almost done with my show. I'm almost done. That's Patrick Beverly. almost done. Okay. I'm almost done. But what we saw in game two is that, and we all knew this, but we just didn't expect it to play out this way, is that the Golden State Warriors are pretty boys, and they're front runners. They're not gritty. They're not grimy. They're not going to out-fight you. They're not going to out-challenge you. They're not going to work harder than you. They're just more talented than you. And they understand that. But unfortunately, what they didn't understand in game two is that they can't get it in until it says zero, zero, zero on the clock. And they thought that 
just beating you really badly for three quarters was enough to just make you submit and not fight anymore. And the Clippers just said, no, that's not what's up. We're going to keep playing. We're going to keep, it was 20, now it's 15, now it's 12, now it's 14, now it's 11, now it's 9, now it's 3, now it's 6, and now it's time. The Warriors don't like to play those kind of games. They just like to just be you and just outstyle you and just be better than you. But when it comes down to, like, we're really fighting, we're really in your face, and we're not intimidated by you, they they act kind of funny. Okay. They will ultimately come back and smack the heck out of them. Unfortunately for them, it just means they have to play longer, so Steph has to play, like, 42 minutes instead of, like, 34 minutes. Clay Thompson has to be on his game. Kevin Durant has sales fouls. We're already messed around and out. The Marcus Cousins is not a Ben Wolf for the entire playoffs. Wow. Andrew Bogut's a great guy. He's not a Demarcus Cousins type of substitution. That's that's going to impact how they go forward. So that's intriguing that they kind of fell asleep at the switch to the point that they actually lost the game. And Steve Kerr doing his best Phil Jackson impersonation is just like, yeah, that's what happened. Um, yeah, they should have just played better. It's like, no, no, no. At some point, you have to interject and let these cats know what's at stake and why they have to play differently. And he just didn't do that. That's that series. The other series, as you as you recall. I anointed Dane Dollar, one of those guys, last year. He went down to New Orleans and got completely embarrassed. He's trying to come back and try and reestablish himself as one of those dudes. We will see. So far, in my estimation, he's outplayed Russ much more efficiently. Russ tends to kind of, you know, just want to do what he wants to do and just he's the best player on the court and just, you know, I'm not bigger, but, you know, faster, stronger, jump higher, do more things, and it just hasn't played out that way. That being said, it has been two games on the road, but I have been impressed with the way Dame Dollar and CJ McCollum have stepped up and said, what's up? Coming off of last season when they were just so disappointing, we'll see what's up. These Trailblazers are trying to prove a point. Uh, Damian Little, especially, he's trying to prove that they don't want to go get swept. They don't want to go home again in the first round, first and foremost. Their will is stronger than OKC will right now. Damian Lillard, on a couple occasions, Accomplishment. I'm not talking. I'm not talking. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Like, 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 and we see that Russell Westbrook was able 
to get his team to an NBA Finals early in his career with a, another Hall of Fame or All-Star type player. Since he's not had that All-Star player, he obviously hasn't been able to do that. Damian Lillard has got his team to this point without that All-Star player. He hasn't gone to the Finals, but he never had that All-Star player. There was a sequence in the game yesterday. You'll remember the sequence when I bring this up to you. The sequence to you, I, let, let me ask you what this sequence meant to you. <clears throat> game six, I think it was 97, Chicago Bulls, Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, I believe, were up by one. Carl Malone go, grabs a rebound when he could have put the shot back up and went up three, he grabbed the rebound, held the ball for a minute like he was going to pose him for a minute. A guy, by the, a guy wearing number 23 slaps the ball out of his hand, down by one, does not call any timeout as the shot clock is running, as the game clock is running down. No timeouts were called. Takes the ball in control on his own. Goes to the foul line, pulls up. Pushes off for a minute, excuse me, crosses somebody over, pushes off, and then at the foul line pulls up, poses in the air as the basketball's in the hoop game over, number six championship. That sequence not only not only solidified the career of what has already happened, but that that was that moment in time established who was the most the better player, the most dominant player, when there was a legitimate, well, there wasn't, it wasn't really legitimate, but there was an argument going on at the time who was the best in the league. I saw that same exact thing happen yesterday. When Russell Westbrook is dribbling up the court, gets stripped, or excuse me, gets get stripped, gets the ball back, pulls up, shoots a three-pointer, he clanks off the rim. Damian Lillard, has been to that point in the game playing a purpose to get his opponent off out of his game, off his rhythm. And when he saw that happen, he's clapping his hands like, yes, I got you. Came down the court and pulled a 30-footer right in the dude's face. Bro, that is surpassing. That's one dude uh, climbing, the other dude is, rec- is descending. Again, I, have, I was choked up earlier trying to get that out of my mouth. But I saw that I saw that yesterday. I personally saw it yesterday. Today I had the opportunity to talk to several, uh, well, a couple of ex-basketball players, a couple of football players, and the conversation was about the development of players. And you and I have had the conversation about coaches, whether coaching matters or not, or is it the player matters or not. In the NBA, we know it's a – you supposed to finish that sentence for me. The NBA is a player. Oh, it's a player-friendly player league, and talent wins championships, unlike any other sport, which makes the NBA playoffs so much more compelling because you have to be that dude – and if you're not, you will get exposed, and it will be bad for you. So, 
I had so to to sum up what I have to say, I gave you clear examples of why we're seeing the emergence of Damian Lillard and the re, and the rescinding of R- Russell Westbrook. Russell, they shouldn't be losing this game, bro. They shouldn't be losing the series. This should be a five-one series. Period. There's no question about it. End of story. Damian Lillard is because he is a better point guard than Russell Westbrook. He has led his team to two victories where the OKC Thunder have lost or down 0-2 in this year's playoffs. What is your argument? My argument is, is very simple. Russell Westbrook is a most valuable player in the NBA. He has averaged triple-double twice. It's only been done once ever. He is the most explosive point guard in the NBA. He has been to the NBA Finals. He has been to the Conference Finals. Damian Lillard has never been out of the second round. We all saw what Damian Lillard did last year. They put up big, fantastic numbers in the regular season. And when it came time to get down, they were not able to get down. So how long do you? He came, he came out this year. You, 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 he came me. out this year with a point to prove, which he has done. He has held serve in Portland. So okay, let's take this back to OKC and see how you come out from there. I am not convinced that Dan Dollar has turned the corner. I'm convinced that he wants to turn the corner and that he understands the gravity of the situation and he understands the mistakes that he made last year and he's trying to do his utmost and his shotgun, C.J. McCollum is right with him with definite bullets in the chamber ready to shoot it out. But hey, man, it's 2-0. to zero. We're going back to OKC. Portland has Portland should not be in this series. Um, Damien, coming into what do you mean Portland shouldn't be in this series? What are you talking about? Before coming into the series, coming into the series, I had OKC winning five one. Okay, but well, Portland Portland is the three seed in this equation, right. and the Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> are the six seed in this equation. Okay. So what are you talking about? Just as you you just stated, you just. You explained my reasoning for me me personally having OKC 5-1 or, excuse me, 4-1 in the series because Portland has been a regular season team. The regular, yeah, they haven't been playing in the in the postseason. That's why I had these guys expecting to win. Portland center is out. And coming into the series, I would not have given the nod to – Dame Lillard over Westbrook. Definitely not giving the lot to CJ McCollum over Paul George. Adams, who do you want to who you want to compare Adams to? Collins, you want to compare him to Nurkis, who's out, who's who's out. Who do you want to who do you want me to compare us to? Either you can uh, Stephen Steve Adams and Ennis Cantor are going at it. That's great. That's great, I, but that's that's not where the, that's not where the game is going to be won or lost. That's the not game, where the series is going to be won or lost. The series is going to be won or lost. Come on, come on, man. 
game five turns game five turns this series. Okay, okay. Without question, I'm gonna say it right here on this show, man. You're, okay, you you're having faith. OKC okay, will go back and get those two, and then we'll see what's up. There should not. Have Where's Damon CJ? You guys are you guys down? Because because Westbrook and George are gonna be down. Listen, okay, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, moving on, can the Spurs up in the Nuggets? <clears throat> I definitely think so, and the reason that I say that is because the Spurs are playing a team that doesn't have a bona fide superstar and a team that has not had a playoff experience. They have a lot of young players. The Spurs already got the split in Denver. They go back to San Antonio. They run their offense. They do their thing with Marcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan. They have two players better than anybody on the Nuggets team. That's how playoff series is their one. I think the Spurs get the two at home. They come back to Denver and see what Denver can do. I was impressed with what uh, my man from uh, Kentucky was able to do. Murray, man. Jamal Murray showed he was a baller, man. He can he can shoot the rock. Wait, I'm you a think- little bit concerned. I'm really concerned that Isaiah Thomas hasn't gotten really playing time. And I think if they had Michael Porter Jr., maybe a little bit more they could and shoot it off the bench, but I don't think they have enough to get a game in San Antonio. To get a game, you said? I don't think the Nuggets have enough to get a game in San Antonio. I don't. So San Antonio coming back to Denver 3-1. Correct, yes. And this goes five or six? Goes six. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, I think the coaching makes a difference here. Well, some people don't believe coaching matters. I do believe coaching matters, and the coaching makes a difference in this series. But a little bit, just 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 uh, not as much as you do in the NBA playoffs. Wait, here we go. Again, the same reason you're picking the Spurs is because they're a better coach team. <laughs> that enough said. Uh, another good, well-coached team was able to get themselves another uh, victory. Can the Clippers get another victory against the Warriors? Interesting question. The Clippers play really, really hard. The Golden State Warriors don't play really, really hard. They play really, really pretty. But they're just prettier than everybody. Whether they understand the sense of urgency, that's an excellent question. I don't think that the Golden State Warriors ever feel the sense of urgency because they always think they're better than they are. They're always, every time the Golden State Warriors take the court, they're more talented than the team they're taking the court against. Do they want it more? That's debatable. Will they play harder? Extremely debatable. If they're behind, do they play the same as when they're in the front? Yeah. So they can be had a game or two, and they play around, man. They, you know, they turn on and off. I was watching Shaq last, or when they lost the game to the Clippers, they're like, he was like, hey, the switch is broken. They can't just turn it on and off like they think. <laughs> the switch is broken. Uh, you know, it's like they think they can do that, but sometimes you just can't. Right. 
And so, yeah, are they susceptible to losing games? Absolutely they are. A serious no. Okay, well, we'll see, Bess. We'll see. I'll be in the house tomorrow night. We'll see what happens. Uh, Cleveland, let's take a quick break here, big guy. Mr. Cleveland, you want to talk to the people about Euphoria the brand and uh, your spring spring launch? Would love to talk about Euphoria the brand. My brand, Euphoria the brand, offers sophisticated stylists without compromising individual expression. In addition, Euphoria has also launched a female line called V, which caters to women who have an independent spirit, like the color outside the lines. Yeah, next couple of months we're gonna come out with a few other uh, additions to the Euphoria and the Wii line that definitely accentuate the expression and the individuality of the individual at the same time bring unity at a time when things are a little bit out of hand. Today again April 17th, Big Cleavon. Spring is around the corner. Well, spring has sprung down here in L.A. How about up there? Oh, you know, we had a little bit of a glimmer of spring a few weeks ago. It was fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, low to mid-60s, it was great. And then uh, it's been the rainiest April on record. So (laughs) I know it's green and beautiful up there, though. That you got the, you got fresh air to think about in the morning. Sure indeed. Cleveland, this date, fun fact about this date, happened a long time ago, 1979, in fact. Major League Baseball game occurred 1979 this year. Only two people showed up to watch the Oakland A's play. 250 people showed up, excuse me. Can you believe that? Only 250 people showed up. The worst attending Major League Baseball game on record. That is a sparse crowd, and I would be embarrassed to... uh, I tried tried to research to see what else was going on that day. Nothing nothing big was going on, but that was in the 70s when the Oakland A's, didn't they win a few championships early? early? I know it was early in the 70s, but wow, 250 people showed up. Uh, yeah, no, they won two, three, and four. They won three straight with Reg. And then uh, it sounds like that's the year right before Ricky Anderson and those guys came in. But still, I mean, I, me and my, I can, I can call <laughs> 225 people a year to come to the game. I mean, that's crazy. Um, so let's see if you can guess this one. 1964. Ford introduced a car into the North American market. What car was that? 1954. Probably the most popular car that Ford made, if I would if I would guess. Um, the F-150, yeah, maybe, maybe. Ford introduced in 1964. 
they have to focus on you a little bit more. So you would rather see Lomacheco fight Pacquiao than Lomacheco fight Marky Garcia? I would because Lomacheco plastering a legend brings him much more to the forefront of the boxing, uh, you know, stage. Whereas beating up Mike and Garcia, just, that's just a fight dance. Uh, so you want to see Lomachenko sitting back out into retirement, huh? Exactly. Who do you got, uh, Adrian Granado against Garcia, Danny Garcia this weekend, Danny Swift Garcia? Or, excuse me, were you watching Garcia versus Granado fight or Crawford versus Khan? Which fight do you tune on? Now, it's interesting they have both of these fights going on on competing nights. Garcia Granados is here in L.A., Crawford and Khan out in New York. Which fight will you tune in? Crawford is, and Khan is on pay-per-view. Garcia and Granados is on regular TV. Oh, without question, Crawford and Khan. For 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 the, for the same reasons I just aforementioned, once Crawford kind of takes out one of those names that you're familiar with and kind of you know, come on, he, hold he, hold Crawford, a certain esteem. Yeah, you get Crawford gets credit for beating Khan. Yeah, see, he's he's a legend slayer at that point. Khan is a, Khan, get out of here. No. no, no. Here's what you're not understanding. Lomachenko and Crawford, their names don't resonate in the boxing world. They they resonate in the boxing world, but not to the casual fan. So they're not going to – them on their own doesn't generate enough interest. You have to beat up somebody that that the boxing public is familiar with so that they become familiar with you. Cleveland, Amir Khan is, is familiar with getting his ass knocked out. That does nothing for Crawford. It, it gets Crawford a big payday. That's what it does. But Well, 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 that's who Crawford signed up this fight with. He didn't sign up with anybody that was going to be, you know, formidable or shouldn't be, but that's not the point. Boxing is about name recognition. I'm telling you. It's not about who's the best. It's, it's not about who's the dude. It's about, it's about name recognition. I've heard of you. You beat up him or you lost to him, and I, I know who you are. So um, if you beat him, then, okay, you must be pretty good. But if you come into the fight and the person that gets beat up or knocked out or is old to make a name for yourself, then you have to do that. Cleveland, tell me the last time American looked good in your eyes. Oh, it's been quite some time, man. Okay. I, I can't even remember the last fight. You look, you look spectacular. My, but, my, exactly. but, 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 but Cam, answer me, answer me this question. Do more do more boxing fans know Amir Khan's name or Terrence Crawford's name? <laughs> That's a tricky question. It's not <laughs> tricky. It's real obvious. They know Amir Khan's name more. So even though Terrence Crawford is way, way better, way, way younger, and has way more upside, if you put those two names on a, a card and said, which one of these is a boxer? 
Again, Amir Khan. Seven percent would mark Amir Khan. It would not mark Terrence Crawford. They don't know that guy. Getting knocked out. So I'm sorry, I'm struggling. You're asking me to act like I don't know any of the two. Uh, Amir Khan is known because he boxed longer. You're, yes, you're right. He's, he's a worldwide name. That's what makes him bigger. Um, I don't care. He's had big wins. He's had big losses. I, to this point, Terrence Crawford hasn't lost a fight, right? I can't. You said he has big wins. I don't know who he's beating, Amir Khan. But okay. you know, like, people, like I said, write those two names down and see how many people think Amir Khan or Terrence Crawford is the boxer. Okay. All right. So, uh, what did we decide on our poll for this week was going to be? What did we decide? Will Deontay Wilder in 2019 on the field? No, that's not what we agreed to. We agreed to have, will we have three or more quarterbacks and get drafted in, in the first round? Oh, boy. So let's get back to that. Will there be more than three quarterbacks drafted in the first round? I say no. Uh, and I say you're wrong because the Giants are going to draft one. We know Arizona is going to draft one, and the Raiders are likely to draft one. So Raiders will not. The Raiders will not draft the quarterback in the first round. Okay, I said they're likely, but we'll see. I, I say yes. So I'm gonna post that on the I'm gonna post that one on the poll. Fans, you can find that on Twitter. What's good in sports on Twitter? You can find the poll we're gonna post. Will more than three quarterbacks get drafted in this year's first round draft, which is next Thursday? So a week, a week from tomorrow, you can tune in and see it on NFL Network or TNT, or excuse me, not TNT or Fox, I believe. We'll let you know next week when we tune in. Mr. Cleveland, I want to thank you for um, another fantastic show. Thank you for your time tuning in for this with us this week. Thank you for your time, big guy. Let's have a uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Easter. Happy Easter with your family, and we will talk next week, big guy. We'll do it, bro. Thanks so much for having me. Can't wait to get back to the show next week. Talk to you soon, my man. Have a good one. All right, you too, bro. Hey, this is Brandon Lawrence. That's what's good at sports right here, man. Keep it locked right here.